you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2011 draft is the proof that you do not need and you should not overreach for a quarterback. Don't do that. And in fact, of course, Cam Newton would have gone to Denver. Cam, keep it on, man. Good luck to you, man. Stay healthy. Okay. But that's just the start of it, fellas, because the torch would have been passed all over the world of pro football that Uh-oh. year. Hey, wait a second. Yeah, you need, you need help, Steve. I Come brought here. some, uh, I some visual aids here I to make you. my point here okay. for you. <laughs> Andrew Luck is now living in football America in Charlotte, North Carolina. So instead, Cam is going to land in Denver here. I can't see him, but he's here. <laughs> that means that there's no room now for Peyton Manning. Right. Don't look confused by it, Peyton. No room for you in Denver, no matter. There's a spot open now with Matt Hasselbeck moving on up in Seattle. Oh, We're man. Move to Seattle with Peyton Manning in Seattle and presumably winning a Lombardi at least that Russell Wilson won when he was there. Now, he's not going to wind up in Seattle. Where's he going to go? Who was rumored to be taking him in the third round if Seattle didn't? The Philadelphia Eagles. So now Russell Wilson lands in Philadelphia. There's no room for Carson Wentz there. Where's Carson Wentz go? I'll leave that to you. I'm out of gas. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There you hear it, a little snippet from the NFL What If. I encourage you, Nate, the man that you track it down on YouTube. Brian Baldinger, Daniel Jeremiah, Cindy Freeland, Steve Weiss, Jim Trotter, Cole Wright, and your pal Dave Damashek asking those uh, those all-important questions about iconic moments from pro football's history to see what would happen if we reversed the result of those. Go and check it out. Do your old pal Dave a favor there. And hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well in yet another week, month, year of sequestration. I don't know where we are just yet, but we're here to kibitz about the game of pro football and the game of life with our pals here 
Let's start it off with the voice of your Los Angeles Chargers. He looks down right so Cali circa 1994. Is that Tim that Salmon working at, <laughs> working one of the corner infield spots for the uh, then Anaheim Angels? I don't know, but the shades say is. Or is that the Terminator? Let's get to the bottom of it. I think it is, in fact. Our pal Matt Money Smith, what's the poop, fella? Oh, I just got my uh, battle vision glasses in the mail from the as seen on TV. If you notice, because I think uh, advertising is down a little bit in the world of television, some of the more interesting commercials are being run. And one of those happens to be the advertisement for these fine battle vision glasses designed in a NASA laboratory uh, for fighter pilots. And because I have always longed to be a fighter pilot, but alas, my less than 2020 vision is all that stood in my way, not my overwhelming cowardice <laughs> in the face of adversity. But uh, I figured at least I could somewhat live my dream by simply sporting these, lifting my head up a little bit and uh, jutting out my bottom jaw. So it looks like it's more square and powerful than it really is. How does it look? It looks great. Hey, money with dynamite. Do you get anything else for free? You know, sometimes with those yes. kind of ads, if you get I'm a glad pair you of asked. glasses, you can buy, you get something. Ooh, another Second pair, pair of glasses. And then, just in case, I go out at night. Battle vision, night vision. Yes. All for the low, low price of twenty nine ninety five plus shipping and handling, which was like yes. $60. Hmm. You don't work your spots in on this show. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do that on your own time. Do that All on right. Petros and Money. Or I'm not paying. I'm Do not that a paid from the endorser. broadcast group when you're watching the Chargers uh, host the Rams. Oh, we'll talk about the Rams and their new getups in just a second. First, though, let's say hello to our resident Miami Dolphins fan all the way from London, England, surely over the moon that Tua is now officially a member of his Miami Dolphins. He's uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm-hmm. It's Handsome Hank. How are you, Handsome? Hi, Dave. I'm very good. You're right. Yes, Tua or Wana, as I call him now, because he is sporting the number one. Should I stick with that? Or why? Is, is, I don't get it. Why, I don't why get it two? either. It makes like, I, why not two? Well, but yeah, apparently he, the, the punter was wearing number two. I, not that he's going to well, need to. to can't to, take it from him. Can, right. They could cut the punter anyway, because they're not going to be needing him now that Tua is on the team. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, we're, we're, we're Still the best. Still the uh, one of the great surprises of the last decade for me in talking to pro football players was Matt Ryan telling me that he chose the number two as an homage to his favorite uh, quarterback when he was growing up, Tim Couch. Very rarely do you get as a uh, as a human being, do you get to outstrip your idol in terms of deeds? And Matt Ryan has actually exceeded his boyhood hero, Tim Couch. How many people can really say that they – um, did better than uh, than their idol did. Also, let's say hello to our pal. Um, he, the the uh, you know big news since last week kibitzed here on the DDFP. As it turns out, the first Monday night football game of the season. I don't know who's going to be in the broadcast booth, but I know who's going to be on the field. It's his New York Football Giants against my Pittsburgh Steelers. How say you, Eddie Spaghetti? Ooh. I'm looking forward to that game. The Giants have a lot of really good games this year. Unfortunately, oh you wait, know. you're looking forward to that game. You're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to any game played by oh, any yeah. people. I don't I remember they don't even have to be people. They could be our pets. We could they, they could be robots. I don't care. Oh, robots. Yeah, the Giants are coming to LA uh week four, I think. So I mean, I'm not sure if uh fans will be uh, near that stadium, but it's uh 
it's unfortunate for me because I'd, I'd be there. But uh, yeah, Giants get the Steelers, Giants get the Ravens, Giants get the Cardinals. A lot of really big uh, matches looking forward to. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed for football. Spaghetti, you're wearing a uh, a garish, an especially garish tank top today. So much um, to explain because everybody's just listening to us. But what what gives here? It's um, it's the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves purple rain uh, jerseys, Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So it's, where does uh, one actually find that jersey? I have a uh, site, like a Chinese wholesale site, that right now the orders are definitely on like back order, but uh, they're like fifteen dollars. I order a bunch. I wear them like oh, out. So you're buying out. bootleg merchandise. <laughs> bootleg, non-licensed merchandise is what you're doing here. Uh, just, just helping to finance the Chinese underground. Is that what you're doing? Thanks. So, pre- you know what? Pre- you're responsible for COVID nineteen. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope you're yeah, I think I, 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 at the very least, I hope you have the dignity to to have on the back of that jersey the number nineteen. That's what it should have on there. C nineteen. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Well, it it does bring up something that uh, has been floating around on social media this week, which is the question. I'm not even sure. Oh, who? Wait, it was somebody significant somebody uh, somebody oh well it was uh what's in hank azaria that's right so uh oh, if, you, if you love your simpsons you yeah. know hank azaria he said he floated the idea rolling stones beatles led zeppelin is the debate best uh, best band of all time all british of course what's the best american band it's kind of weird it's a little bit like asking the question that we've debated here previously who's the third best wide receiver in NFL history, Randy Moss and, and Jerry Rice are surely the top two. But after that, it gets very weird to try and figure out who number three is. The best American band, it's a pretty unimpressive list. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't great bands, but it's weird that there's not one that you would say rightly rivals any of the three I just named there, whether it's Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, or the Beatles. Let's start with you, mute, former music executive, Matt Money Smith. Best band in American history. Well, is it rock band? Rock band. So, so rock it's got to be rock. Yes. So it can't be like indie rock or hardcore or punk rock. It's like rock and roll. Is that what we're talking about? I don't about? know. I, I, well, I think you got to expand it to that. I don't think you can go um, John Coltrane, or I, and I don't think you right, can go I'm John I'm not saying Cash, like jazz, but I, like, do you, like, are the Ramones in that conversation? Is Metallica think, in that sure, conversation? Or, or is it sure. like, hey, it's Eagles, CCR, Tom Petty? Is it like classic rock? Like, that's what I don't understand. The, the, the is, What is the question? <laughs> I guess. That, I know I'm being a jerk, but I don't know. <laughs> you are being a jerk, buddy. You're right. I think no, I can help. If it's, if it's rock band, I probably go um, – <laughs> I mean, I like, can I go Beach Boys? Like, I'd probably go Beach exactly. Boys. I, that, I, yeah. I think, I think, I think Beach Boys would probably be my submission. Beach Boys or maybe, maybe CCR. Um, I, I think those two work. I think Metallica, from a technical standpoint, in terms of musicianship, is in the conversation. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, I, I guess, just kind of off the top of my head, that's what I would, but then, you know, selfishly, I'd want to put the Grateful Dead in there. Um, you know, just for wealth of catalog, difference of sound, the ability to incorporate jazz, blues, rock, multiple singers, the idea of, of the drum solo in space, um, you know, in terms of drums in space, like that would be in, in the conversation for me uh, as well. I know that was a very long answer to a very simple question. So my apologies. But no, uh, I don't not know. at all. I'm I, thinking about it in the moment. I, I didn't think, think about this. <laughs> 
All right. I'm sorry. I didn't send out a prep sheet for, uh, for music talk here. But yeah, that was a great answer you just provided there. And feel free to jump in with more. One person I know who's chomping at the bit to get in on this is uh, Eddie Spaghetti there. So far, no. no mention of who he wants to hear. What? No what? <laughs> My answer is not going to be what you think. I'm not going to even go there. I think to clarify what money was. How could it not for, be, Eddie? It better, not, it better not be. We had cool. about this because that it was more important than sports. Because because uh, because Hank Azaria in the thread said that like uh, like Bruce and Tom Petty don't count towards this because it's more they're more of like a one person with like a backing band thing. It wasn't a collaborative group effort with writing the songs and such. Although I do think the E Street Band has a lot of talented musicians, but that's a different story. So you can't put Dylan and, and and Petty and, and Bruce. Um, I'll the Beach Boys and the Dead were. My wait, 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 wait. What a, what a, what an arbitrary line to draw in the sand. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Huey Lewis and the News. Not that I'm volunteering them for this uh, for the short list here, but they're bands, aren't they? I mean, I, I. By the way, as I've said many times before, I don't understand how you get the van the, the vanity required to be like. Yeah, this is all of us. This is our whole traveling band. We'll go on the year uh, on tour for 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 years decades um at great length as a as a collective but we are going to call it the dave matthews band like mm-hmm. who signs up for that band like no I, we got to come up with a cool name that isn't uh that, dave wait, 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 imagine how obnoxious wait a minute the dave damage says yeah the dave damage football program <laughs> <clears throat> okay yeah. bitten by my own snake however the most obnoxious deed i would submit is um is that we have the miracle of three chipmunks, three rodents with, with the ability to sing and harmonize and everything else. And one has the gall to be like, Oh yeah, but I'm the front man. But I, I, I deserve specific shout out Alvin. The other two, you're just chipmunks, but Alvin, I get the shout out obnoxious. Yes. Handsome. Yes, I agree. I mean, they're all talking chipmunks in the end. Everyone deserves some credit. I don't even know what the other guys are named. Now, uh, Come Simon on. and Doesn't, Theodore. That, you're better than don't that. Don't care about them. I, I, I'm not, that's not, that's not you true. You are they, better they, than they, that, they, Hank. It is an I American What goes on in the background of the other But what, what, what's wrong with the other two? What, right. Are they that down on themselves? Are they that unimpressed? Like, yeah, you know, fair's fair. I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely by the, uh, the laws of nature a downright miracle that we all three can sing, but Alvin's just that much better. So, yeah, let's let him get top billing. The singing isn't – they Terrible. can talk, Dave. The most impressive thing is that they are talking chipmunks. Then singing comes. All right, we can debate that, that, which is more impressive. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Well so. done, Hank. Well I guess done. so. You know, the, the fact that they Appreciate can communicate it. with humans in our, in our right. own language. Uh, exactly. That, by, the way, uh, by the way, Hank, if, if you would, would be so inclined to weigh in on the Hank Azaria Twitter thread, um, do you find it at all offensive? Because I do. I mean, I just rejected it immediately uh, out of hand when he didn't put Queen in there. Queen's better than any of those bands anyway. So it's like, how, how do you come up with that and, and not include Queen, which pretty much every musician would say is the best of the bunch. Uh, they were the band's band. Uh, if you would ever ask yep. musicians themselves. Yeah, I would throw. I think Queen is in the mix. I'm, I, as you know, I'm a personal fan of Radiohead, who I think you could throw in there as well. Um, so I think, I think there, are, I think America probably, you know, maybe falls outside of the top five at least um, when it comes to it. But uh, it's hard to put those in in any specific order. But I enjoy all of the, their music. For for an American band, can I submit? And this is maybe just me because I grew up listening to a lot of this in in the car with my parents. But Fleetwood Mac. 
always wow. been a been a fan of them, and, and I'd, I'd put them in the mix for for great American bands. That was one. That's of a five. great call that I I didn't think of them actually. Yeah, and I I'm with you on Radiohead, and I think their library of work now puts them into it. People typically say, you know, uh, audiophiles like. Um, like money who are, you know, who, who know the history and everything else seem to put the clash, um, way up there. London calling seems like it's always in the top two or three greatest records of all time when people sure. make such mm-hmm. a list. I mean, I don't know that their body of work would, uh, would require it. Also the kinks too. We talked about them yep. recently, but that's British. I would say since uh, no one asked me, uh, I am going to go Alvin and the chipmunks want, no, I'm going to go, um, <laughs> They count as American, right? Or do they just belong to they're, the They're world. from the woodlands. Sure. The woodlands. Um, I will say it's weird what's become of REM. They've become what what ha, when did things turn against them? You know? It, it it's strange. They were uber hip money. You remember that. You you I mean you're a little younger than I am, but round about, you know, life's rich pageant, then document, and then People were kind of down on green, and but then they bounced back without a time and automatic for the people. These are all great records, and the ones that preceded those are all great. The, I mean, the the lot, then they get sideways as far as I'm concerned with uh, was you know a little bit too much uh, precious ukulele for my ears or mandolin or whatever, but not not uh, ukulele. But REM somehow people the the cools of the 21st century have turned against them. Is this uh, is this my perception or reality? Mike? No, I think it's the old uh, Billy Joel line, right? I hope I die before I get old. You know, I mean, I think uh, that that you get old and it's it's harder to write your sixth and your seventh and your eighth album and and a still be relevant and b still make great music. It's just it's hard to do. I mean, heck, look at the Eagles, right? Did you ever hear their their single from whatever the Hell Freezes Over tour? Get over it. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. It's like not only is it just good not a good Eagles song, it's a terrible, terrible song. I don't know what happens to bands. It is very odd. Uh, same thing with with the the Stones, you know, and and when they were going back out on tour, my gosh, some of those records are they're just terrible. Um, yeah. Look at Pearl Jam. It is terrible. crazy. It is not gonna give me the bite. I had to get it in. I know it's not true, so I'm not gonna give me the bite. Oh god. <laughs> I know it's not true. You're, you're, not, gonna me, you're not gonna get me to take the bait. It's not true, you bum. But you're not gonna get me to take the bait. <laughs> um I feel that uh, yes, that's also true. I always find that specious logic that it's like Hey, that guy was in the writer's room on Seinfeld. Uh, on Seinfeld, let's give him five million dollars to develop another sitcom. It's like, eh, are you are you sure that maybe everybody or a lot of people don't just have one really good idea and nothing behind it? Isn't that what they say about albums? The second album is the hardest yeah, one, or is it the second novel is the hardest one to write? You get your whole life to write the first. And no one's going to call me on saying Billy Joel, right. I hope I die before I get old instead of the who, by the way. I screwed that one up. I was going to uh, say the only who. The good Come on, gonna... jump in. Save me. Uh, I was, well, was going to say, well, I was going to work myself back to that. But uh, but yes, yeah. we also in our great bands of of uh, British uh, yeah, origin. Yeah, we left off the who. 
man, oh man, that's disgraceful for America. I, I I don't know why I'm so late to the party on this one, but we we should as a nation be ashamed of ourselves. The UK is relatively small in comparison, and yet they've turned out way more high end classic bands. I'll say Not just that, I would though. say art across the board. Let's let's be honest. Um, the UK is a, a juggernaut compared to the US. Well, I mean, look, jazz is infinitely superior to rock and roll. So on that front, it's not even close. Uh, America destroys the UK. Um, I mean, it, you know, so when you're talking about rock and roll being a derivative of jazz and blues, it's all derivative of American artists. So you can have your your bastardization of our really one true American invention. Jazz music is American, born, raised, bred, spread across the world, specifically to Europe when all those musicians uh, had to go to Paris because they were no longer appreciated here and kind of reestablished jazz over there. And then that then birthed kind of this rock and roll movement, uh, the British invasion that was all from American artists. So it's nice. It's cute That's that right. you have that, Hank, but don't forget. Right, but, you, but, but the artists had to go to Europe to be appreciated to then be. No, 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 no. That's not true. Their, no, they, were, own country. they were appreciated here. Because but the, the mass, they had been, the, the American mass, pe you know, the, the they people had, moved on, had no yeah. culture. Uh, had no appreciation of culture. No, they, they, Hank, Hank, don't come on. We're not going to do this. Come on. I mean, it was appreciated. It then gave gave birth to Elvis Presley, and and rock and roll started, see, you know, coming into fashion. Um, and obviously, before Elvis, you're talking about all the blues musicians that he stole his music. I was just going to say, money isn't isn't that where it starts? Again, from our shores come the blues robert johnson at all mm -hmm. then right. the british take that and run with it in the 60s at some point so really it is our creation yeah. rock and roll the, the british invasion is a sandwich between our blues and our jazz it's really kind of the big payback for, for 250 years ago everything <laughs> in the u.s starts starts over there and and ever since you guys take our scraps like punk too right you know, punk that. also we come up with punk, then for some, I don't know why, I mean, that's a little, that should make Americans red in the face a little bit, that they vibed more to the Clash and the Sex Pistols than they did the Ramones, if my punk history is accurate there, my Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the thing about the Clash, and like one of the reasons why I think they get in this conversation is kind of the the way that they amalgamated all these different genres, specifically, you know, a lot of reggae. And and you think about the like, that's what's weird about the UK is like they have a vibrant, like legitimate reggae scene. Um, it's yep. it's really good and really strong. And I think one of the great things about the Clash is they kind of took rock and punk and, and reggae and sort of put it into this pot. And it really inspired a lot of great artists um, in each of those genres. Right. To kind of grow out of that, the trunk of that tree. Now I sound like a complete douche. I need to stop. No, no I, I'll tell you this. Wearing the glasses this, I'll, I'll tell pretentious too. <laughs> there we go. You look like a douche as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he looks like yeah. He looks like uh, he just, just talk about those stupid Rams with, uh, uniforms already. My God, with right, with right said Fred, he just stepped off. He just uh, did ninety exactly. minutes on stage, and now he's going to hip God. us to what's going down in the music scene. He's got to <laughs> he's got to run though. Kurt Loader's waiting to talk to him for more info. That's embarrassing. Um, embarrassing. Edit all that out, Spaghetti. God, that was terrible. No, I'll tell you this. Uh, here's here's a hipster take from uh, from Vane Dave. 
Bob Marley and um, and all reggae. It's kind of like by the time the mainstream seeks its it sinks its teeth into it. Legend is great, great listen. You know, breezy summertime music and uh, and chill out music and so on. But um, the dance hall stuff is the best. I mean that that before Bob Marley really makes it big. That's that's the grandest sound of Marley that there is. Yes, handsome. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm a huge reggae fan. Um, so, you know, whether you? It, it's, yep, yeah, uh, from the start of the, you know, Scar before that, and then all the way through the Rocksteady era and, and Marley and, and everyone else. So, huge fan. Um, all right. I just wanted to see if we could uh, figure it out there. Oh, by the way, yeah, another one that we're leaving out is uh, James Brown, right? Yeah. I mean, the, but again, like I think what happens is we get into, you know, I, it, you know, well, look, I was just being a jerk to, to Hank there. He's, you know, look, the British invasion was was kind of the most meaningful sort of moment of rock and roll. You know, if you could, well, you can argue. But then again, it's like, is Elvis Presley rock and roll? It's such a stupid argument. I don't know what the hell to say. Uh, you know, Fleetwood Mac, CPR, take your pick. You know, they're all great. Everybody's everybody's right in these conversations. Whatever. Exactly. All right. You want to? Okay, okay, fine. Money, have it your way. Let's let's pour through the Jacksonville Jaguars. Except for except for uh, Pearl schedule and see how many wins they're gonna have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, spaghetti. You're not gonna make. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I kind of moved on there too quickly. I wanted to get your thoughts here. My assumption is you're going veteran, the boys. No, no. If you if I if Bruce is a legitimate pick, if it's not if it's considered a rock band because of the E Street band, I'm going to pick Bruce. But I don't. But I know Hank Azari in that thread said like Bruce and Petty don't really count because he doesn't say it wasn't like as collaborative as whatever uh, Hank. Like Zeppelin. I don't think that, 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 that makes that makes no sense. You know, Bruce no, is know. rock and roll. Dylan's rock and roll. Prince is rock and roll. By the way, I might put Prince in there. Well, against, that's where I started this whole conversation yeah. was when I saw Spaghetti's uh, jersey there and forgot to include it. Yeah. Yes. That that that's a that's a contender that that might be able to knock off. You might you might have a shot at knocking off one of those those big four with Prince if you really get into the catalog and think about it. Here's that's, here's uh, the that's thing I'll say. One. The thing is, it's a little bit for me. I, I this is obviously my personal experience. I can't speak for anybody, but same thing with Rush. I, I get it, you know. Or it's also like. Uh, um, what was her name? The the woman who is the universe, universally. No, no, no. I, I I was trying to make a an analogy with uh, with physical beauty. The woman who um she was I, I uh, the Italian woman. No, the Italian Isabella woman. Rosalini. Who, Isabella Rosalini. Thank you for saving me. I would that would have taken nine minutes at least for me to figure that one out. And no, I would not have moved on until we solved it as a group. Yes, everybody holds her up. I can understand that aesthetically she's attractive, but she's not attractive to me. Rush, I get it. Technically, oh, you listen. So uh, Neil Peart, oh, you got to like, no, nah, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't hit me in the gut, so I don't care um, about that. And um, that's a Prince does hit me in the gut, but I don't find myself ever. It's kind of like donuts. I, I like them, like we talked about last week. I like Prince, but I don't find myself listening to him more than once or twice a year. Mm. Am I wrong about that? Do you listen? Do you sit around listening to Prince records? I would just kind of go back to your your initial band that you brought up. Like if you told me I could have oh. the, the REM catalog or the Prince catalog, it, it takes me less than a second to just grab that giant stack of Prince records and and go really? with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
yeah, like the early stuff, it's it's fantastic. You know, even before, you know, 1999 or Purple Rain or, you know, you're talking about three, four albums that just technically he's great. He's a brilliant songwriter. Um, but again, I don't know. Like, what do you have to have a bunch? Uh, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. You know, do you need Why can't you talk need, about something? I can feel you like I'm preaching. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want it to sound like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't do you, do you have to have hits? Like, does it have to be popular? Is that like part of the criteria? Like, oh, you can't really kind of get into, if we start getting into deep tracks, then people are going to come with, oh, guided by voices or something like that. Or like, do you have to, do you have to have some sort of stronghold in popular culture? Like at one point you had to be one of the three or four most popular bands in your country or in the world. Cause that, I think that's kind of an important part of it, right? That you were able to appeal to the masses and not just write really cool, critically acclaimed, you know, music, but have that special gift of writing hooks and writing songs that people want to listen to 60 years after they've been written. I, I think that probably has to come into the conversation as well. Sounds a bit like the Hall of Fame argument. Not just, you know, it's got to be stats and wins and longevity, you know, everything, the combination right. of, of things. Well, I guess it comes down to all things that have to do with taste. It's a little bit like the old George Carlin joke of something about how people drive. Like if people drive faster than you, they're jerks. And if they drive slower <laughs> than you, they're a-holes kind of thing. It's like <laughs> right. my taste is my taste is just right. Yes, it respects um, technical proficiency and, uh, and and the history. But it also it also moves you. You know, it also it also hits you in the gut a little bit. And then I bemoan people who are too into Dave Matthews band, you know, kind of thing like that. See, that's beneath the standard there. Spaghetti. So you're not going to try to make a case here for Pearl Jam because some of your pals on the social media jumped on me when I mentioned uh, a couple of options there. No, I, they, I, they well, said, I, how can you not go better? They, I read through the Hank Azaria thread and they were mentioned enough, so I'm not going to go to bat for them. I think my answer really would be Bruce. I saw Bruce play four hours and 12 minutes once. I mean, in, ta- in terms of like his catalog and his mass appeal and his like live show, I mean, that's really, to me, those are the most important things. And he, he, it's, it's, there's no other live show like it. I've seen 75 year old men dance in the GA pit. Um, <laughs> to me, he's incredible. And, uh, I, I, I could listen to pretty much any of his albums from back to front. And uh, I, I think he is the answer if he is qualified. I feel that I, I mean, I've never seen Bruce Springsteen, but I know myself well enough to know that I think I would get bored. No. I mean, how about like, all right, I like the music. How about four hours? How no, much? Awesome. I mean, like, that's, that's way more than a football game. I the mean, whole crowd much, dance, The whole crowd right, Yeah, let's wrap it up here. The giant party. I'm telling you, like it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. I was at MetLife Stadium. It was absolutely, it was crazy. Actually, speaking of Purple Rain, I saw him once in Barclays when he opened up with Purple Rain right when Prince passed, and uh, I remember that show specifically because me and my dad stole boxes of popcorn, ate the popcorn, and then there was a sushi table that we just took a handfuls of sushi and threw them in the popcorn box. <laughs> and as the show was starting, this is from the 4040 Club inside Barclays. We ran back to our seats, like in the last row during the River Tour. Um, not the original River Tour, the, the one. And we we go down to the river. That was one of the best. The river we go. 
Him opening up with Purple Rain, the whole crowd's purple. I've never danced so hard to a song about death, despair, and poverty. Let's go. Let's get after it. <laughs> well, that tour was amazing. Uh, anyway, like I'm saying, he opened up with Purple Rain, and we're eating sushi out of a popcorn box. It was it was incredible. Me and my dad had a great time. We um we we uh, I I had the occasion uh, a few months ago to go on a twister, daytime twister with uh with the spaghettis and with Jada. It was a it was a grand time nice. to get to see Staten Island zoned and, and hear the, uh, the origin story of our superhero spaghetti. Um, quickly spaghetti. How was the birthday? I had some great food this week and I went and got some brisket down in Huntington oh. park at Ray's Texas barbecue. His story is great. If you ever had a chance to go over there and drive and I, you know what drive now because driving around LA has been awesome. Uh, the one positive, I guess, of this pandemic yeah. is getting around places. Cause I would never go to Huntington park if it wasn't for this. Cause it would take me over an hour. Um, amazing brisket, like as good as brisket they have it in, in Austin. And then drove up the coast a bit just to see the water was great. And then I had Yeasty Boys bagel sandwiches. I have not had a bagel since moving out here. So it's been four years. Uh, really? I just I just figured that, you know, it's not going to happen in L.A. Like, it's a New York thing. And these uh, this, these guys, they did it. And I went over to Silver Lake, got, I got a bagel sandwich. Actually, they threw in an extra one by accident. So I had one ooh. and a half bagel sandwiches. And uh, it was good. It was really good. I, my, I gained uh, two and a half pounds over the weekend. But uh, well, well worth it. It was it was good. It was a really as good as a quarantine birthday as you could have. Well, you've never looked better. That much is uh, that much yeah. is clear. Oh, Money, take off your hat. Eddie. Pick up. Take off your hat. You really want to see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to yeah. see it. Oh, it I forgot. I see it. That's right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, sweet Jesus. You kept it like that. You did. That wasn't. I thought what? that was maybe like halfway through the cut, and then you were gonna you were gonna finish it off. But no. Money tweeted at me to go taxi driver, and I wanted to do that. And Jada was like, you lived your whole life with the full military. It was awful. I've done Mohawk twice. She's like, that's awful. So it's like, just keep it long on the top. It'll be easy to grow back. Wear hats every day. So that's what I'm doing. It's, you know. No, no, no. Please go Mohawk for us, would you? It'll delight do it now. Let's do it now. Come on. Do it yourself. Come on. Make it into – Fats Holmes, the old uh, defensive tackle for the Steelers, he went the extra mile and he turned his mohawk into an arrow. Do that. Do it right now. Get Jaden to do it. But also, if you can do it, because people, the- people always use the middle mohawk. Can you just right. bring it over to one side? Like, let's get a, an <laughs> Ooh, like a, part a, mohawk. A, a non-aligned mohawk. Maybe I like a ram be- horn that was yes. uh, unveiled today. You know, it's like a yeah. curved, little curved <laughs> ram horn, you know, an That's homage it. to the new uniforms. Yeah. I, I, I see you chuckling, Spaghetti. I don't see you uh, calling Jada and her hey, get the to come over there and fix you if up. I, if I Let's do go. that, I, I may be a, a single man by next episode. Come on, do it for real. And, uh, come on, and Eddie. Okay, uh, money brings up the, uh, the uniforms, not once but twice. Let's dig in on those. I do want to say, though, very quickly before I forget, I think you're right because I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago, money, I expressed my skepticism that – any of these professional sports leagues obviously incented the the sports fans of uh, Sports America are chomping at the bit for anything. Give us any sports and we will watch them. And you said, I think that the leagues will be able to compel the players. Like this is an act of patriotism on some on some level to go out there. And I think you're it's uh, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, like Jerry Orbach. And I think that I might be wrong about this one because LeBron and it seems like the majority of baseball players and everybody 
are anxious to actually get out there. I don't know if they're going to. I feel like Major League Baseball in the landscape as it is here two decades into the 21st century, baseball has slipped considerably in terms of import to to our society as the NBA has um, gone up a little bit and other distractions and everything. This is a golden opportunity for baseball. If baseball would just get out there in about two, three weeks and get going, people would yeah. obsess over it. And I, I, I completely get where the players are coming from on this. I am uh, almost always pro player on this one. I just feel like um, that the, that the sport is losing out here because they could have the full attention for the first time um, in a spring in forever, if they would just get out there. And I think that goes for, you know, you know, I multiply it, you know, 10 times over for golf and tennis, right. You know, we talked about that. Golf courses are open now here in Southern California. You know, you can't, you can't practice on the range. can't take the flag stick out. You can't rake the bunker. You got to keep apart from everybody. So they figured it out. At least we hope they have, you know, and I hope everybody stays safe and does what they're supposed to be doing out there. But I would think if they figured it out, you would assume the pros can can do that as well. And, and they're going to starting in June. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think it's it's encouraging that the players, you know, are 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 anxious to get back and understand the you know, what what sports mean to, to us here. We've said it on this podcast repeatedly, and uh, hopefully that'll be the case. You know, it's interesting because you have, you know, a governor where we're doing this from that's basically said, look, we, we got to play this thing super, super safe and nothing's going to be open for a while. And then you go to the state right next door in Arizona and they're like, we're good. Uh, sports starting on May 15th. Uh, let's let's make it happen. So I, I don't know how you put all that together, how those those pieces fit in the puzzle, but it'll be interesting. I think over the next by the time we're doing this next week, I think things will have dramatically changed. We'll have. I think you you are, you are, I think you are absolutely right that I, I guess that the news in general, the media in general is loath to sort of get into predictions, I guess, at least, or at least that's how they perceive themselves, despite the fact that they uh, do predictive stuff all the time anyway. But um, I think they, they don't want to wear that, but I think you're exactly right, money. I I don't know if it's a week, but. Yeah, it's essentially you have this side by side. I don't know who's the control group and which is the other. I forget my uh, the science lessons that I learned um, 40 years ago. But um, yeah, that's right. I mean, is Arizona going to spike? If it does, then it's like, well, see, now we got to do it the way California is. If it doesn't, then everybody's going to be like, let's go. Let's start uh, playing ball, right? I mean, that seems like that's yeah. how simple it'll be. Um, handsome Hank, uh, what do you think of – um, the, the, what do you, what do you think about, uh, pro football and the assume that no, I, I, I know it's personally, um, hurts you a little I, professionally, I should say, since you do so much work around the international games, those being canceled, do you think that there is a plan that can be conjured if let's say California says we're out, we can't, uh, we can't host pro football games in 2020. Do you think that they go with centralized locations for ball games? Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's you know one of the contingencies that's being explored on the on the international side. It made sense, right? It's it's hard enough to put together a schedule without you know in this in this situation without um, trying to factor in quarantines for people arriving in new countries, or and certainly like playing in empty stadiums in the UK. That doesn't definitely doesn't make sense. 
Um, so, so that was not surprising. But yeah, I would say, you know, with regards to states here, are there teams that could potentially share stadiums? Um, could the could the Chargers somehow, in a world, go and play in Arizona or play in Las Vegas? Like that 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 seems you like the kind to of control, thing that may have to be explored. But you'd have to control legitimately. I mean, the fans in general don't care. Would be like whatever, whatever the details. Just give us football games, right? But competitively, you would have to solve the home field advantage thing. No one could. You couldn't have. I mean, it would have to be if there's no fans, and it really should right. be immaterial. The home level. field, I think, is not having to travel there, right? That's the advantage right. you have is you don't have to get on a plane and and do all that stuff. So, if a team, let's say the the Chargers ended up playing in Arizona for the sake of argument, if everyone, if if that whole team therefore had to move, train, practice in in Arizona, then their home field advantage is they wake up on Sunday morning and they are playing in a stadium that they drive to, and the other team has had to fly into, and who knows what, you know, flying's enough of a pain uh, for for an NFL team already, and who knows what the the new world will bring us with with travel, um, and whether that becomes even more complicated, even with the charter flights that, that teams take. Well, hopefully come autumn, there will be pro football times too in Los Angeles and the brand new shiny stadium there. One thing I am assuming, but feel free to tell me I'm wrong about this one. Any of the three of you, we know that the chargers are going to be the better looking squad out there. Thanks to their powder blue getups versus what was unveiled on Wednesday this week, the new L.A. Rams. I'm going to start with you, Handsome, because money, you know, is a little in the bag for the Chargers, of course. I'm going to start with you. I'm going to go with you here, Hans. What do you think? I think I have a couple of takes, and this is more like we're now at the end of uniform unveilings for for 2020. A bunch of whatever, six, seven teams change uniforms. So my take is as much about the whole process as it is about the Rams in particular. Uh, First of all, on the Rams, like the the. you know they go went back to old the old colors, but they didn't really fully embrace the the idea of of going back to in history to the to the you know what looked great in the eighties. I think they could have just done that, and I think everyone would have come away from that feeling pretty happy. And that yeah. that certainly was sort of the rest. What they needed the to do was just make here. the helmet right, just make the helmet that color that you've made it now, so that it matches the royal blue jersey, right. and everybody would yeah, have and, been and, fine and, with and that. you probably you probably would have been good exactly. That said, you know I don't. I don't hate those colors together. I think I think they're fine. I do feel like the way that these uniforms and so just moving more broadly, two two takes. Number one, the way that the uniforms look, they it feels like they they're kind of for superheroes or something. Like it they don't look like football uniforms anymore. And this may just be when they're presented as new uniforms, it looks like a sort of superheroes outfit's kind of been sprayed on. I want to see like it's all very well unveiling them with wide receivers and cornerbacks and safeties wearing the uniforms. If I when I unveil my new uniform, it's going to be with offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I want fat guys wearing the uniforms because that's really what you see the bulk of. That's the most of the team is not is not like a you know a, a skinny little guy. They're mostly Eddie's build, um, and so I want to see like how does this look with some curves and some bulges, um, and and that's never ever how they're unveiled. Um, and that's how great would that all be to have uniforms. Eddie Spaghetti walking the uh, walking the runway, the new model right. for all uniforms. Yeah, that's, that's with what, that uh, new fancy Eddie's, haircut. Eddie's future. 
<laughs> it'll it'll save me from ordering from Chinese wholesale sites too. I just give them the actual team. Yeah, yeah you get them exactly. Oh, yeah. bootleg Eddie over asymmetrical, here. Asymmetrical mohawk there. That would be great spaghetti. Um, Matt Money Smith, your thoughts? Well, uh, I'm not a fan. I, I think uh, I think you hit it on the head. I thought you know the the Rams uniforms of the '80s are in the conversation as is the greatest uniforms in in the NFL and uh, all the ages of the NFL. They're beautiful, um, and and I think you could have just kind of updated that particular uniform and and been fine. Uh, instead, you kind of have this. Well, we're we're in LA, so see how our numbers look like a sunset on the sand. Isn't that cool? No. No, it's not cool. Make them make them the gold that they've always been and put them on a royal blue jersey. I don't understand why they felt the need to have the numbers look kind of like a ram horn. That seems like that's going a little too far. Um, they're incongruous with the the font is not congruous with the font on the side on the sleeve. The numbers are two different fonts. It's very weird. Um, and I, and the piping looks weird. It looks, it, it just looks like it's out of place. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just not really a fan. And I had a feeling I wasn't going to be a fan after I saw the logo and they, they decided that was a good idea. I was like, God, this was so easy. Just update the old ones because you've already got some of the best uniforms of all time in the NFL. What is the, I mean, I like the... I like the gradient effect, the rainbow of the Denver Nuggets. I like the the uh, I like the Pelicans that uh, you know I I, I like uh, the um, what is it the purple, green, and yellow that they wear. I like the Steelers Bumblebees. I like those. I like the kind of broad striping like that. The gradient on the numbers though is unappealing. Maybe it's the pallor of yellow that it is. It doesn't work whatever it is. And then the, then the, the road uniforms that got stuck in the wash was the pair of new black right. socks. What is the, yeah. what, what is yeah, that, that for? The, what, what is that, the thing of like, they're not, they're not white. Are they gray? No, they're just dingy. You know, what? that looks like, that looks like that, like a kid's AYSO soccer team where one mother was sent home with all the jerseys and, and they were white. And then there was an accident and they have to persuade the kids that actually this was an in, the intention all along. It's also a little bit like we're talking about with Neil Pert, or that I was trying to make the point about Neil Pert. Okay, the the nuance of 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 how technically sound he is, great, but um, it's the same thing. Like, well, now so you have to learn why. If you look at the numbers, why they have that little darker thread in them, because that's an homage to Los Angeles. I don't care. What, what, right. Just does it, does look it good move or me or not? It, what, what the hell do I care about what the what the backstory is? Yeah, I can't see it on my TV. I don't I don't care unless I'm wearing it. It's 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 weird. And it, it, it misses the mark for me. Maybe they sell more as a result. Maybe that's the goal. But um, just to my eye watching it, it's how it pairs with whoever they're on the field with. It reminds me very much it's like the overly elaborate uniforms like that are a distraction and they don't jibe with whoever they're playing against in the same way that the uh, ubiquitous pizza box that you get um, with the one guy who looks like a, a heavy set Italian guy with a mustache in the foreground. He's kind of paunchy and he's delivering a pizza. But then the guy working the stove right behind him is a cartoon character who kind of looks like uh, Beaker from uh from the muppets it's like what the hell are those two guys doing on the, in the same kitchen same thing whoever the rams play it's going to be like the same thing as watching the jags in those weird 
uh, melted Rolo candy hats that they were wearing. It's the same thing. It's like, why, how did those two wind up on the same field? They don't look right together. See, that's the, the, that's, that's the favor you do with a good uniform for whoever you're playing. The one thing we have to wait for, um, and hopefully we, to your point earlier, Dave, we will get to see it this fall, is in a new stadium, like part of, part of the attraction, like the 49ers in Candlestick Park, it was always about how the sun hit the field. It's this definitely was the same at the Coliseum as well, how the sun hits the field with those uniforms, like that, the mix of that on TV. We'll have to see in Englewood, you know, what's, what's, what's the light like? How do those uniforms look in that light? Because that, that's going to be key to this whole thing. That's where you're going to see them the most. Well, well actually, um, you see them walking around LA well, the most, you know, at least that's well, what they true. hope. It's like just a person wearing not the, you know, elastic on the sides, you know, sort of tank top, sort of muscle shirt. No, you're going to see the replicas with the with the stripes yeah. on the side and the weird probably, font numbers probably on the some side. Curves. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. If they, I don't think I would have been so, well, actually, I probably would have still found them um, not to be that attractive, but just the way they rolled out that logo with the the Fibonacci sequence and the years of research. And this is what went into it. Oh, whatever. You said it, Dave, like just the logo's terrible. The LA logo is just awful. Um, and I, so maybe because the uniforms aren't as bad as that logo, like everything since then has been, has been a, a little bit better. I don't, I don't mind the helmet, but I think you hit it on the head. Like why is the helmet this crazy metallic when it's not really going to match the uniform now? It's just, I don't. So can, um, we, can we rank the seven teams that changed? Can we just quickly walk through that? We didn't play show. Let's do individual, not set. Let's do single uniform. Hmm. I will start it by going, and it's a close one. It's the all white Chargers get ups, followed very closely by the powder blue with the white pants. Of the Chargers, those are my one and uh, and two. That's win and place. And then I guess, unless I'm forgetting, oh, you know what? I'd go Browns. Um, their return to um, their classic. I like the home brown always more than the uh, all white. So I'll make that my show out of my uh, mm. one, two, three. There. I think Handsome. my win. If, I mean, if we're doing individual ones, then my win place show are all Chargers uniforms. Mine is the the Chargers mm. blue with the yellow pants as the win. Uh, the the blue and white as the show and sorry as the place and then the charges royal blue as the show. Uh, but if we if we're going uh, just by team. by team, charges are one. I would agree. I think Easily. Browns are probably Browns are probably two. Um, I don't know. I think the I mean the Colts didn't really do very much. I think I more interesting they, is what's the worst. Is it the Patriots? Is it the Falcons? Is it the Rams? I think those are probably the bottom three, right? I would the assume Rams, like, that the the Bucks are in the middle there with the, you know, I think the Browns, like you said, are up there with the Chargers. But I feel like, am I missing? Who am I missing? I think the, uh, yeah, I think the the, the Bucks, the Colts, the Colts made some. Oh, Colts. I'm not even yeah. sure that should be included. I think yeah. the I think the the Falcons are probably the 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 losers on this one, unless they just look at what everyone has said and say, you know what, that one throwback uniform that right. we included in there, let's just wear that all the time. Yeah, but it's a little bit like you get held to a higher standard. You're a victim of your past success. It's Shaq getting swept by Akeem. It looms larger. Uh, that's it, that is in my mind, Matt Money Smith, uh, <laughs> that the that it, that the '95 
Orlando Magic. I, I have to take a quick detour because I want to wrap it up here. But I have yeah. to say quickly about the last dance. The same Orlando not Magic only, team that got swept in 96. That, that's right. That's right. Well, without well, the Bulls. first of all, swept in 95, not only am I more resolute than ever that Akeem and company would have beaten the Bulls, the Orlando Magic. Talk about the, the things that broke just right in Michael Jordan's professional basketball career, that he retires just when, and, and they played stiff competition in all six of those title rounds. The worst matchup for them would have still been the Houston Rockets. Another terrible matchup for them was the 95 Orlando Magic. And this jive, talk about like how history just allows people, some people, some people get away with everything. Other people, everything gets poured over. Michael Jordan, this thing of like, well, I wasn't in basketball shape. So why, what, what, what does that mean? You, you, you weren't out uh, drinking in bars for a year and a half. You were playing professional sports, man. You were playing baseball. That's better than as compa- by comparison, Ted Williams, Flying missions, uh, goodness oh, knows I where, totally or Mario Lemieux being totally this thing about like, well, I was in basketball shape. You you played before you got to that series against the Magic. The reason the Bulls lost, the premise of the argument is at this point, and always has been, is oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, what were they supposed to do? Uh, Jordan wasn't in basketball. Wasn't in basketball shape. Yeah. He played twenty it's, games. It's he baseball. Got twenty games. Had, and now he played a quarter of an NBA season before the listen, Magic showed is, up. You're, you're like, running up and down like a basketball court, Dave, for for totally, forty-two yeah, minutes. It's totally right. different. No, baseball. No. He's working on his swing. You're you're running sprints for ninety feet at a time. There's no cardiovascular in baseball. You don't have to kind of be in a perpetual state of motion in the outfield. The guy was working on his swing. If he came out of that's what his number one goal was. If he came out of retirement on a Thursday and hit the court on a Saturday, that would be a viable excuse. He played for two months before the match. No, he did not play for two months. He played for one month before the playoffs started. One month. He gets to, to get back. It's not like he's, and by the way, he's not walking onto a, a local YMCA court. He's going in the NBA against the greatest players on earth. It's not All like. Right, well, it, is he the greatest well, or not? I mean, like Bo Jackson went from baseball into pro football. What's a more rugged transition? Uh, Mario Lemieux got off the uh, the chemo table and went out and played hockey. And, and, and they, all three of those examples, all thrived. What's Jordan's? And by the way, Jordan was great that year too. A little less great than he typically was, but he was great. The reason they no, lost he that had, isn't he had a few. He had a few ball. good games. He had a few good of his. I don't know what he had. If, if you go back and look through the game logs, you'll see that of the seventeen games he played, there's maybe three to five that he was really, really good. Otherwise, he was inefficient. Well, guess what? Horace Grant, motivated Horace Grant and Shaq Fu were too much for Michael Jordan in basketball shape and the other guys he was out there with. There was no Dennis Rodman. And in 96, to answer your question, by the way, um, Nick Anderson gets hurt. Horace Grant gets hurt in the first game. So that eliminates an advantage that they might have had. And that you add Dennis Rodman to the Bulls. Well, of course, then that explains the difference. So what team is playing in 95? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, because if Mike, because your, your premise is Michael never retires, he loses to the Rockets. 
So, but, but what's the team? I mean, it's not like that. The team is different. It'll look different. It's, it's Michael playing with Tony Kukoc for an entire season. It's, it's, you know, him being able to share his wisdom and part his, 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 you know, competitiveness into this guy who was, was such a crafty and brilliant offensive player and, in Europe, but didn't quite kind of figure out the NBA. Yeah. I think there's so many, that's why it's so hard to play those hypotheticals, you know, and remember, like like, here's my, here's my biggest issue real quick though, Dave, like my biggest issue with your hypothetical is the Rockets were never dominant. They were never a dominant team. They never ran rough shot over the West, you know, that 95 year, what were they? The six seed. You're telling me right now that a team that was a six seed over the course of an 82 game season was somehow going to be the juggernaut that knocked off Jordan. No, come on. Yes, that happens in NBA and hockey. That that happens a fair amount. Hockey's different. Hockey's years. a hot goalie. That's why an eight seed can win. You know that. I'm just saying that the, I don't know if that were they really a six seed. I know that yes. they fell off considerably after the title, but then again, that can be explained away by the transition from Modus Thorpe to Clyde Drexler. That uh, maybe they they dipped a bit there. I I, I, I will have to pour over that. Anyway, um, I think again the Orlando Magic. This the retirement sets up and benefits Jordan so much, um, and it's kind of weird because the whole thing about the Uber competitor is the ultimate they competitor. Third in their division, Dave. Third in their division at forty-seven and thirty-five. That's My the back on that would be is look at look look at the Titanic teams that were in the West at that point too. Chaz Barkley, Suns. Here come the Sonics. I mean, they were the, the, they won. the West they, as it they, has been forever. They got, pushed, they got pushed to five games in the first round. They won 3-2 over the Jazz. They got pushed to seven games in the second round. They won 4-3 over the Suns. And then they got pushed to six games. They weren't dominant. They, like that's, Matchup makes the fight. Matchup oh, makes boy. the fight. And that would what be a matchup. terrible matchup for – That's what, Akeem, that's the matchup. Great. And you know One who agrees guy. with me apparently? Bob Ori. Bob Ori thinks that uh, who would have guessed? guessed? I think Horace Grant also feels that uh, that that's the case. Anyway, listen, uh, delightful conversation is always there. Spaghetti, you know, I'm right. You can just nod, right? I think after watching it, I realized how great the Bulls teams really are because you always said those teams the Bulls played weren't that good, but like the Barkley Suns, the Sonics were awesome. There are a lot of really good West teams. I said that? I never said that. You I said always, the Suns it, were good. I thought your whole thing was... I said was if Paxton misses that shot in six, the, the Suns win in game seven. Oh, God. That's, that's what I said. All right, my mistake. I, th- I thought that's what, that was your one of your takes. I thought I don't know for a guy that spent some thing- of his formative years and some of the the most happy years of his life in Chicago. You really do like to crap all over their sports teams regularly. No, I do not. Uh, yes, you do. All, I, I, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Your little uh, hypothetical for the Bears. Your hypothetical for the Bulls. Like everything is just one giant crap fest all over that city. <laughs> I don't think there's a more significant. And let me tell you what would have happened if the Dolphins would have knocked off the Patriots. If Jordan would have never retired, Hakeem would have ate his. He and his sixth place, his sixth seed Rockets that were pushed to a to an elimination game in each of their first two series, they would have ate the greatest player in in team sports history for lunch. Michael Jordan. <laughs> 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 Two, three. <laughs> a couple, two, three. Oh, man. A couple, two, three. 
Yeah. Oh man, Money Smith and Walter Payton is the is the listen. He is. I that's exactly <laughs> right. right. I, I I I rejoiced with all of Chicago on the north side when Paxton hit his shot and Steve Kerr hit his and but so on. You just on said and if so he forth. didn't, if if he wasn't he didn't make shot, it, I would have lost in seven. If he didn't hit that shot, I also, I also say the Steelers. I also say the Steelers <laughs> would have lost to the Chargers had uh, had they survived the Oilers in seventy nine. I'm an equal opportunity. Don't give, that little scrap. Don't give us the one little scrap that permits you to give us all the other crap. That's all that is. It's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there just so I can say everything else and get away with it. That's my, uh, those are, those count as my bonafides and handsome knows there's no bigger result in pro football history in a single game that alters our perception of things than the 85 uh, AFC title game in the rainy orange bowl. If Marino wins that one, he goes to the Superdome. He beats the greatest defense, uh, the single season defense, um, this side of the steel curtain of the 20th century. And he is held up by the time that Y2K arrives. Dan Marino is unquestioned as the greatest quarterback in pro football history, but that's not the way it went. And Michael Jordan is considered the best basketball player of all time. Is he a jerk? That's a conversation for another time. Seems like is it. Is it necessary to be a jerk like to, be, be. to be successful? I don't think another, so. Another question for another time. What? You don't have to be a jerk? I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to be a little cutthroat, right, right to get all the way to the top. But I don't know yeah. if you got to be a, a jerk where someone hands you, you know, your thing and you're like, <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary Payton. It's like, yeah, easy, Mike. He got you in that in that fifth game. Were you ever were I you mean, ever in danger of losing the series? No, but he played you pretty damn well and he had a pretty damn good game. At least you can acknowledge that it's not that big of a deal. Knock a punching six to uh, scrawny Steve Kerr. That's a Jerry Krause. What a tough guy. What a what a what a bully if there ever was one. Um, funny. Did, did you ever take a swing at uh, at Horace Grant there, Mike? Did you ever reprimand him? Yeah, Charles Oakley. <laughs> Go ahead. Take your shot there, Tuffy. Um, all right. Listen, a gay conversation as always. Handsome, I see Ronnie looming in the background. Please, yeah, there's some kind my... of chaos happening in the background here. Um, well, let him let uh, let Ronnie know. I'm I'm happy that he's got uh, number one. You've you've purchased him a number one in Aqua. He actually has asked for a number one jersey. Um, he's going to have to earn that with oh, nice. uh, with oh. with some better behavior around the home. <laughs> Tough house. He doesn't get the logo on the side of the helmet until he earns it. No, oh, no, exactly. Right. You got to earn it. Uh, I'm uh, was like a, uh, that was like a Hugh Jackson thing. So you may want to reconsider that. <laughs> you guys are not going to get the stripes on your helmet. I have taken them off. Thanks, you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Handsome Hank and for Matt Muddy Smith and for, for Dave Damashak. Uh, good times, fellas, as always. Yeah, uh, stay safe. Um, and uh, and we'll kibitz sooner rather than later. So for Handsome Hank, Matt Money Smith, make sure iHeartRadio, you're checking them out. He and Petros are taking the time to knock out shows every day for you. The least you can do is tune into those. And for Eddie Spaghetti, soon to be Mohawk. Uh, thanks so much, football fans. We'll talk to you soon. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.